This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Thanksgiving week, can you believe it? And then we're going to be on a mad rush to the end of the year. I love the opportunity to give these gifts, you know, and just make that a priority. I think in this time of a consumer kind of season where it's all about all of, you know, the other stuff, which is all good and well, but not the main important thing I believe in life, like to be generous, to give uh, to things that really matter, that have an eternal difference. That's an opportunity to partner with that. Also coming up, I think, is Giving Tuesday, which is replacing Black Friday, right? Black Friday, I don't even know if they have any of that anymore, but that's insane. That's insanity to even go and engage in that, right? So, so pull back your Black Friday agenda and just go ahead and give on Tuesday to, to worthy causes um, you know, in this region. Um, and I believe the ministry that we have here is really making a difference in the city. So thank you for your generosity, y'all, as we, you know, end up this year and move into 2022, which is going to be an amazing, amazing year. So good to see your faces. One thing just as was, was mentioned, we're going to be all together in the month of December, but this coming weekend, we will be in small groups. And so if you haven't participated in a harbor at home, you haven't gotten locked in there. That's how we really pastor the people here and build community and family among each other. Join a group this Sunday. They may be a little different. Some of them are merging. We're doing more of a friends giving, just a good time together, just for those that just, you know, want that extra little time of connection after Thanksgiving week. So we'd love to have you there. Go ahead and sign up for that. That'd be awesome. All right, let me pause for just a minute. Here's what we're going to do today. And um, I'm asking for God's grace just to be able to communicate what I believe he spoke to my heart in a very profound way. And here's the thought, here's the concept. You know, we look out in the world, right? And there's a lot of injustice. There's a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain, a lot of bad stuff going on. I I think that we probably would all agree that especially maybe in this season of all of our lives, we've never seen it amplified to the degree that it is. And so here's the question that I want to try to answer today. If the Bible is true and it says that um, this angel, this angel that we know as our enemy, fell like lightning and was disempowered completely, stripped of all of his authority by Jesus himself on the cross, why is evil, injustice, pain, and brokenness being propagated within our world. I want you to think about that for a minute. So if the adversary of all things, the one who loves to see this kind of stuff transpire has been stripped of his authority for real, once and for all, done deal. Why are these things continuing to happen? Maybe at a heightened level more than ever in the earth. And what I want to do instead of look outward today, point any fingers to whatever places that we could find ourselves pointing our fingers, I want us to look inward today. I want us to humble ourselves as the body of Christ, as sons and daughters. So I'm speaking 
to people who believe in Jesus and have given him their lives for real and have been adopted to the family, have died to self and have entered into eternal life right now. More eternal life to come, but eternal life nonetheless right now. So I'm gonna speak to us for a few minutes. And there's lots of different things and angles that I could go at this, but I wanna talk about maybe the partnership that we've had with the spirit of accusation. Because think about this. Right now, the Bible says that the enemy of our souls is before the throne accusing the brethren or sons and daughters day and night. How did he get there if he fell like lightning and has been disempowered from having that kind of influence? Who's able to come before the throne? We know we are. So could we be bringing him there hand in toe with our own voices, with our own hearts? So we're gonna kind of just dive into this a little bit because this is really important because if you read the word of the Lord, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter six, it says that we are one day, not one day actually in some distant future, I believe it's actually something he wants to bring into, it, into us now, are going to, as sons and daughters, judge the universe. Sit with that for just a minute. Authority is gonna be given to those who know God to judge the universe. So what I wanna talk about is, is how do we move from accusation to righteous judgment. It's a very fine line and some may say, well, I'm a righteous judge in, in, in the way that I conduct myself as a son or daughter. Maybe so, it's something that personally I feel the Lord going very deep in my own heart as it relates to this very topic. Because if we're in a sermon series right now on awakening, we don't wanna just talk about awakening. We wanna see actually something realized in our hearts that moves us into a place where we were blind and then all of a sudden now we can see. Where we were asleep and all of a sudden now we're awake and we're, we're activated in a new realm and dimension to see the kingdom of heaven come and actually bring transformation in our cities. Because at the end of the day, we're the ones responsible for Minimally South Florida, the neighbors, neighborhoods that we live in, the people that we associate with, we're the gatekeepers. Do you understand? So we're gonna dive into this and I wanna, I wanna just submit this, which is intriguing because of all the language that was going on today. It's actually the goodness of God that positions him to be a righteous judge. Now, if he is good, and he then lives on the inside of us, is it possible for us to have his goodness in our own essence? Y'all tracking with me so far? It's a stretching. If he is good and he possesses your very being, if you've died to yourself and become alive in him, now does his attributes, yes or no, possess you? i.e. the goodness of God. And if he in his goodness is now positioned to be the righteous judge, is that maybe what could move us into that type of reality as well? This is not a scripture that I was gonna look into, but do you remember 
Just to illustrate the whole concept here, do you remember there's this woman who is caught in the act of adultery? There's all these accusers surrounding her who, who knows the, 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 the full story here, but maybe they were actually ones involved in the very thing that they were accusing her of. Who knows? Isn't it interesting that in the day and hour that we live in, there's such projection of accusation that's probably coming from the source of what's actually really going on in the inside of our own hearts. You can't propagate a spirit of fear against somebody else unless you're fearful yourself. You can't, you know, exercise, you know, whatever it is, murder, unless it's, it's already on the inside of you. So is accusation, where is accusation in us? Is there any of that? Maybe Holy Spirit wants to come and move us from that into righteous judgment because as Jesus is good, manifesting his goodness in the midst of that situation, and they're gonna kill this woman. Life is not manifesting in her orbit right now in the midst of this moment. Actually, death is. And Jesus said what? I have come to bring what? Life and life. Come on, you guys. God has come to bring life and life abundantly, right? So we're to be that source in the world instead of partnering with death itself. So accusers are all around him, these religious Pharisees, and they're saying, pick up stones and begin to hurl them at this woman. And they're projecting their own accusation on this, on this, on this, this soul that, that is conflicted in the moment. And they're looking at Jesus and the righteous judge speaks with wisdom. Here's the key. If we're gonna, we're not gonna partner with whatever spirit, we need to humble ourselves, turn inward, self-reflect, which we'll get to in just a minute. But we need the ultimate manifestation of what comes out of our mouth to be wisdom personified. Come on, somebody. Imagine all the lawyers back in the day that were dealing with Jesus. They were asking him boxed in questions. In your own humanity, you never could have got away from their question, yet Jesus somehow was able to get out of every single one of those traps and this was the same situation. He who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. Everyone vanishes. Jesus looks at the woman and he asks her the question, where are your accusers? There are none gone because that spirit had been broken by the power of God's goodness as a righteous judge. And you know what he says to her? Sin no more, neither do I accuse you. She went away perfect. We're gonna look at that word in just a minute. So y'all tracking with kind of where I'm going? I needed to set this up because I need not only this to be engaged, but your heart to be engaged as well. So let's turn to this story in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And I want you to look at the language here. It's, it's really interesting in this particular verse. He says to Jesus this, think about this. Rich 
He had everything he needed. Young, inexperienced in life and probably in wisdom, but yet he was called a ruler, a judge. That was his destiny. You see in the, 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 the symbolic picture here, And he comes to Jesus and look at the language. He says, of all things, good teacher. He uses the word good teacher. What shall I do to have eternal life? It's what everybody's asking right now in the world. Whether they know it or not, whether they have the vernacular or not. People are longing for eternal life to somehow engage the hell that they're living in right now. Not have some prayer to to somehow escape some futuristic judgment. Oh, that, that is a reality. God is looking for people to stand up, step into the mission, uh, the, uh, in, into the midst of, of whatever, you know, diabolic vice that's taking place in the world. Manifest the goodness of God. Break that thing so people can begin to at least have a shot at experiencing the life of God, which we as the church possess. We need to be awakened to the reality of what we actually possess right now and be held accountable for what we are doing with it. I love the response of the Lord in the next verse. He says, why do you call me good? For no one is good but God. Do you see what he's trying to get this guy to see? Like, Who is actually standing before you right now? What is the world gonna do with Jesus? We gotta figure out like who this guy is and ultimately if we can move into what we're actually called to manifest and realize, people are gonna have to figure out who we are as sons and daughters if we would step up to the plate. So he's asking them, hey, can you see that no one is good except for God? So he tells him, hey, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He's doing a little kind of test run here. And and the guy goes, which ones? Verse 18. And he gives him the big six. If you ever kind of, you know, thought through the lens of like your own piety through the big six, you know, what what are they? Uh, Because he says, which ones? He said, you shall not murder. You ever been like, man, you know, I've never really killed anybody. You know what I mean? (laughs) I remember before I even came to know the Lord, I mean, one of the biggest things that I could boast in is, you know, you know, I've done some messed up stuff, but at least I've never killed anybody. You know what I mean? It's kind of how we justify stuff, don't we? Never commit adultery, steal, false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbors yourself. And the young man in verse 20 he said, hey guys, hey Jesus, like I've kept all of these things from, you see the piety is I've kept all of these things from my youth. Now look at this language in verse 21. Because the righteous judge is gonna step in and he's gonna, he's not gonna accuse, but he's gonna bring a word to the heart to give this guy the potential to enter in to life abundant. 
And he says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor for you will have treasure in heaven. Now come and follow me. It wasn't about just the act of him giving away all of his money. God was trying to get to the heart of what was really going on in his life. If we could be honest this morning, I guarantee if we could be real honest and go around the room, there is something that Jesus is trying to get to in each one of us. And we look at that through such a religious lens, like, oh, okay, I'll do the action and I'll go give all my money to the poor. Listen, the Lord is not about that in and of itself. He's trying to get to what he wants to get to on the inside so that we can open up and move into the very thing that he's called us to move into. The word perfect there is, is, a really, is a really powerful word. It means, it means to be justified. It means to be innocent, free, righteous, perfect. Because the Lord wanted this rich young ruler actually move from piety into the very thing that he was called to be, which was the judge of nations, judge of the universe with Jesus. I mean, there's 12 apostles right now sitting on the throne around, you know, the, 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 the council of God himself. The Lord is, is, is gonna flow through those men and women and all the people that have gone before us to, 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 to stand, to see order, put to the chaos of this universe, a real awakening. You know, oh, I can't go into all the various things that God's doing on the inside of my heart, but what I'm kind of exercising right now personally is when I feel that, feel that accusation come towards whoever or whatever, here's what, I, here's what I'm first doing. I'm, I'm stepping back for a minute and I'm allowing Holy Spirit to judge my heart. To see, is there anything going on in the inside of me? I'll give you a little example. <laughs> We, you know, Wendy uh, lost her job, was furloughed during COVID and all that stuff. And so we've been trying to, you know, figure out ways to make income. We're running an Airbnb. You know, we've had great guests. It's been really a blessing over 2020 and beyond because everybody wanted to get away and have a place and not stay in a hotel. Well, <laughs> we had a, a pretty bad guest recently. And, and, you know, one of those things that, you know, you feel like, man, this is such an aggravation right now. You get all flustered. And then the Holy Spirit's like, what, am, what, do, you, what do you want to let me allow to, 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 to have this circumstance work in your heart, Darren, you know? Well, the big issue was she hid the fact that she had a pet from us, you know? And, you, you know, you, you, you're like, well, I want righteous judgment here. I mean, this, she, she lied to us that she was bringing this dog, you know, sneaking the dog out the bed, uh, bathroom window, you know, so we couldn't tell that it was there, you know, all these kind of thoughts. And then the Lord was like, have you ever done that, Darren? 
And my first thought was never an Airbnb, Lord. No, <laughs> never. Well, what about when you were in Virginia visiting, visiting Mary Cat and Andrew and you were staying in that hotel and it was the last one you could get because everything was booked off and there was a no pet policy and you brought little Mia, your little Maltese in that little secret basket and shuffled her right on into that hotel. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinner, you know. I mean, it may sound like a little thing, but like I'm really, I'm really wanting to move into who the Lord has called me to be, to manifest wisdom in the midst of difficult circumstances instead of respond to a spirit, something that's, that's being propagated that doesn't really originate with any person. We don't have enemies in natural people. It, it, the Bible's clear about that. We don't battle against flesh and blood, right? There's other things going on, but yet there must be accountability. It's such a, it's such a beautiful balance, and who's gonna bring that? So... Look at this in Luke chapter 18. We're gonna just move quickly here and wrap up our morning. Verse 10, Jesus is illustrating this. And he says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11, it says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. That's like a good church service in so many cities on Sundays right now. Unfortunately, what about when you're sitting watching whatever on the news or reading whatever Twitter feed and, and, and what's coming in your heart? What, what's really flowing there in those moments? What about when you experience your own injustice? How are you responding? And verse 12, he starts to boast, I fast two times a week and I give all the tithes that I possess. You see, God says, listen, you're gonna, you can do all of these things. You can have all of these external actions. And man, your heart is so far from me. What's it gonna be like when on that day, Jesus said, you did all of this stuff in my name. And at the end of all of it, I never even knew you. You were relying on your giftings and your abilities and all of these kind of things that we herald and, and, and hold up within the body of Christ. Oh, they're so gifted. Oh, they move in the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of that, listen, my friends, Paul was clear, is garbage at the end of the day. It's all gonna go away. The only thing that's gonna remain forever is faith, a belief in what Jesus accomplished on the cross, hope that all the promises of God are truly yes and amen, even when it doesn't look like it, and love, the very essence of God to heal the social pain caused by the systemic brokenness of our world. That's where this guy was at. But the tax collector, verse 13, it says that he was standing off, he's beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. And Jesus says in verse 14, he says, listen, I tell you the truth, like there's only one that went away justified. It's the same exact word, perfect. Remember Grant years ago pre preached a message on be perfect like my father in heaven is perfect. I was so offended at that message. <laughs> Blasphemy, you know. 
But God is wanting us, he's wanting us to return to the place of innocence. That's what that word means. Purity of heart. He wants us free where no one has a hold over any of our hearts, no matter what they've done to us, no matter what circumstances happen to us. It doesn't hold us. The only thing that holds us is Jesus and the power of his love. He wants us righteous, which we obtain through what Christ paid for, not our own. I tithed, I did this, I... No, it's the boast is in what Jesus has done. And he wants through all of these things, perfection to start to manifest in his sons and daughters. All on the road of process. But if you can't humble, if we can't humble ourselves, we'll never get there. If we don't even see this as important, we'll never move in these directions. We need an awakening. He ends by saying for everyone, pretty strong language, right? Like everybody who exalts himself will be what? And everyone who humbles, humbles himself will be, you gotta take the low road. It's the only way. Look at this, we're wrapping up. Matthew chapter seven says this, judge not lest you be judged. Verse two, for what judgment you judge, you will be judged. In fact, that's not actually not a bad one to allow your enemies to participate in. Go ahead, you wanna project this on me? That's fine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay innocent. I'm not gonna get offended, but this thing is, listen, trust me, is gonna boomerang back on you at the end of the day. It's, it's, a, it's a principle. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back against you. Do you ever feel like you're shadow boxing sometime and you just can't get out of the fight? And maybe if our eyes could open up and see that it was probably us like causing the problem of what we're dealing with more than it is anything else. Like if I could go back and resolve a lot of my youthful moments, I would take, I would humble my pride in all the things that I thought were right and what I felt about it. And I would humble myself. I would take the TKO from Jesus, go down for the count, truly die to who I was, be raised again in newness of life to him and follow him in his ways and start to really you know, walk a life that, that is reflective and worthy of the life Jesus walked. All of these things that he did, it weren't, wasn't just so that, you know, he could walk this stuff out and just that, that was, oh, we'd be amazed. No, that's, he was giving us a way that we were to follow. I'm the way, the truth, the life. Come and follow me, right? In fact, the early church was called the way. <clears throat> now look at this in verse three. We're wrapping this up. This is really interesting. Why do you look at the speck, speck in your brother's eye and don't consider the what? Plank in your own. Have you ever felt that like when you're in that moment, it's for sure not in that order. Like, Lord, you must've gotten something wrong in this verse. Okay, I admit I have a, I have a speck, but dude, that person has a plank, Lord. I mean, plank straight up. 
There's a big old log sticking out of his eye. It's about 40 feet long. He's somehow carrying that thing around. Big old plank in his eye, you know, like obvious to me, obvious to everybody else. In fact, I'm gonna go talk to other people, get them to buy in on the agreement with what, you know, I, I want them to see in terms of like, hey, do you see here? Like, look at that plank. Look at the whole, I mean, this is, you know. When really the planks in your eye my eye, and we're projecting when probably the issue over there, which the Lord is trusty, he's the righteous judge. He'll deal with what he wants to deal with in whoever. We think that we need to fix that. It's only a speck. Lots of stuff is filtered through our perception based on our experiences. And sometimes we need to go before the Lord and we need to say, God, am I bringing anything into this unrighteous judgment here? Like what's, fil- what's filtering through me right now? Is there anything? Come on, you ever met somebody and you made a judgment and then you find out later when you really get to know them that there weren't anything like what you first said or thought? Come on. <clears throat> Verse five, he says, listen, hypocrites, and he calls it out. You know, first remove the plank from your own eye. Then you'll be able to see clearly. Then you'll be awakened. And then maybe I'll use you in a a righteous way with tons of wisdom to take that little teeny speck out of your brother's eye. Because we do need to work together. My wife has removed more specks from my eye than I care to mention. Okay, this is reality in marriage. Can I get an amen? Wendy is a righteous judge, okay? And she exercises that judgment (laughs) with wisdom, sometimes better than others. Can I get an amen? But the truth is we need each other, right? What if your speck is a blind spot? And God wants that out. Who, who's gonna tell you about something that you can't see? Think about that. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, I just really wanna share my heart. How do we handle those moments? What's, what, what, what kind of trigger goes off? And like, who, you know, maybe you don't say it in the moment, but later you think, who in the world did that person think they are to come and tell me? Because you can't see it. Love, trust, starting first with the Lord. And then we got to build from there because this thing is, it's, that's all ethereal, but it's all fleshed out when you start getting horizontal in this thing. Oh, it's me and Jesus. That's not true about the gospel. That's not true about the kingdom. It's not just you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus and the people that God puts in your life. And if you're not connected with other people and this stuff isn't fleshing itself out for real and you're not taking the knee of humility and receiving things that people have to say and we don't even have the capacity right now, I'm gonna be honest, to even go and talk to anybody really a whole lot. I'm saying that in a massively general way. We don't have the courage. We're so afraid because we're so fearful of like, you know, offending somebody because we're man pleasers is what we are. I'm speaking, I'm preaching to myself right now. Sorry, this isn't for any of you guys. 
man, we need to mature in this moment. This is a moment. Everything on the news is this side against that side. It's gonna keep going. We need to take a different posture. We, one day, you know, all the stuff that's being fought out in the courts of America, that's good and well. We have one of the most beautiful justice systems in, 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 in all of the world. But ultimately, at the end of the day, only the justice of God working through his people is what's gonna really bring change. Are we even ready to, on any degree, start to judge the universe? Or do we have such a lack of wisdom that God can't even begin to utilize us there? Right now, where I'm at in my journey, I'm like, Lord, I really want a spirit of wisdom on me. I really, I've talked about this for 20 years here about being unoffendable. God's goodness, sons and daughters. You guys that know me, you've been here, I've been talking about that for a long time. Now I wanna actually see it realized. I wanna step into something that's authentic, that's powerful, that actually sees change. Not just another goosebump Holy Spirit meeting. Those are good and well, but like we need to start seeing systemic change within our cities and our nations. So here's, here's my verse. I got two little things and we're done. Band can come back up. Luke chapter six. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, put into your bosom. I don't know what a bosom is. Uh, Sounds kind of scandalous a little bit, but hey, if it works for you, take it. (laughs) For the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I'm not a jujitsu guy. I don't know anything about martial arts. But our middle son, Jesse, who's like a little spider monkey in all things that he does. I mean, he's like into climbing now. He just climbs up walls with one arm, you know, like this kind of thing. <laughs> it's insane. But he's a jujitsu guy. He's so small. If you, if you saw him, you'd be like, I could take you out totally. Like, you're dust to me. I'm, I mean, you know. And that's our Luke, our youngest. He's that guy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pound your head into the sand. And that's just the way it's going to go. And so they, you know, they're friends and the greatest of foes all at the same time as brothers. So Luke thought he was going to take Jesse on one day. And Jesse did the jujitsu thing. He convinced Luke to put in one of those geese they're called. Like it's like a big, huge white coat, like with a belt. It's actually a torture device that you put on yourself. Is what it is. It's actually not there. And so Jesse somehow used this coat that Luke put on to choke his brother out, you know? (laughs) And Luke, he was like, came back, he was so humbled. He's like, dad, Jesse's a beast. He's an animal, you know? (laughs) Like he's like messing with him no more. (laughs) You know, he kind of came down, the the plank in his eye became a speck and now he's not into jujitsu as much anymore. Luke isn't. But what if we, what if we started like partnering with, the spirit of God. Now this is, this is gonna sound so simple, but I think it's more profound than we realize. With the spirit of wisdom, 
he's called, actually. He's a person. Holy Spirit's a person. Partnering with the spirit of wisdom for us to measure things in our engagement of society and other people. And as we do, it actually is measured back to us. So we bring, hear me, increase to their lives and then the increase actually comes even more to our life. Are you seeing that? So that life begins to flow with them and even more life flows with us. Look at this verse. I started out with this in Revelation 12, verse 10. The angel of the Lord, he says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, come on, dream with me. Salvation and strength. Salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, the anointed one has come. (laughs) Come on, let's sing that song today. Let's pray that scripture today. Over our region, Lord, over our city. Salvation. Strength and the rule of our good God has come through his Christ. Do you remember at Antioch it says that even when the people of the world didn't join them, talking about the believers, the sons and daughters of God, it says that they honored them and esteemed them. And it was at Antioch where they were first called Christians. That name means relatively nothing today to so many people because it's been replaced by dark and horrific religion. But literally what they were saying is these little anointed ones who look just like Jesus are behaving in such a profound way that strength The rule of God is coming. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Lord, how many people are running before the throne, as Hebrews says, and they're taking their accusation into the presence of God because we're allowed to go there when Lord, all we're doing is lifting up the adversary's strategy, partnering with it, come down from there. Break through Holy Spirit in your church, in your people. I want you right where you're sitting. I want, this this is an ask and a crazy ask with your eyes closed. I want you to ask God for wisdom like you never have before. You know, so oftentimes we have not because we ask not, but Lord, we sit here today and we ask you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ask that we'd be able to see where we were once blind. We pray that the power of offense, we pray that pride and ego would just be 
obliterated in the presence of your love. Make us courageous people. Come on, let's lift up a song as we close. We lift up our voices, Lord. about this as we close. If we want to see the Lord honored, we will be honorable people. And that can only come by His grace where we live an otherworldly kind of life empowered by an otherworldly of ability so Lord as we close today and we go into Thanksgiving we give you thanks for all that you've done and all that you have yet to do Lord you are you are so faithful that the work you began in us that you will bring it to completion you are a good God you'll never give us more than we can handle Lord you'll never put more on our plates than we are able to bear Your love is always pursuing and you are coming and and taking away anything and everything that hinders love. I ask God that as we close out our time today, that even by your grace, something of, of your presence will go into the hearts of the people listening to the sound of my voice and do something that I am unable to do. And that's bring transformation from the inside out. 
come and have your way, God. Come and manifest your kingdom, your rule. Lord, your love, because you are a righteous judge. More than any president, more than any congressman or local commissioner, we need your rule to come into our land. We are desperate, God. We are desperate. Thank you for all those that are serving in those spaces. And we ask for your encouragement to them. Right now, God, lawyers and judges and people in politics that that truly love you, would you strengthen them this week, God, to stand for your ways and be different? But God, would you also raise up your bride? Even now, God, begin to raise, come on, pray with me. Raise up your bride, God, in this moment. You need the church. You need sons and daughters to step and to take their place. To not partner with other spirits, but God, take their place in culture. What is the Lord maybe asking of you? How are you to influence Who are you to touch with your life? Let an army of lovers be raised up, God, that are humble, that are wise. We worship you. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. He is good. He is awesome. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, God, you are good. Come on. You're working. Something's going on. (laughs) Something's happening. He's so good. Listen, you guys have an amazing week. We will see you on Sunday in Harbor Home, back here in December. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.